Well, hey there, and welcome back to Leader Talks with the NYC. My name is Matt Taylor, and I'm the host of this podcast where we talk about leadership, life, family, and faith. And we kind of rally behind this idea that leadership is a universal language. So it doesn't matter if you're in the church full time or if you're in corporate America. What we have to offer, we hope and we believe, will add value to you and help you be more successful. In fact, that's what everybody's chasing is some level of success. I don't think leaders wake up in the morning thinking, you know what, today is the day I am going to be unsuccessful. I'm going to do everything I can today to make sure that everything I do fails, it doesn't work, and I'm known as the most unsuccessful person to ever live. I just don't think that happens. I think everybody has a drive and something in them, especially in leadership, that wants to gear towards success. The problem is, most of the time, if we're not careful and we're not intentional, we don't know how to define success. So today, we're going to talk about it and jump into it and hopefully bring some clarity to the definition of success. So let's go ahead and get into it. You know, for me, defining success is so important. And when we look at the dictionary, you know, the beginning and the end of all things definition, you know, success is defined as the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose, the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. And so in my different experiences in corporate America, whether it be with GameStop, whether it be with AT&T, whether it be with Toyota, you know, success was defined differently. So at GameStop, we focused on reserves, reserving new games, new systems, new things that were coming out, subscriptions. We wanted you to be a part of the Power Up Rewards program where you got more money for trading stuff in, discounts on all of our used stuff, and what we called UPTs, units per transaction. So our focus was to get you to invest in the future, go ahead and be a part of our plan where you could get a gaming magazine, and we wanted you to buy as many things as possible. With Toyota, it was simple. For the salesman, you were to sell cars. That was your job. Get the car, get the person interested into it, and then sell it. And what would happen? The finance manager, they would work on selling warranties, and the parts department would work on selling upgrades and it's this beautiful relationship of everybody working together to increase the value in the the addition to what the vehicle had to offer. But as a salesperson, it wasn't my job to sell the warranty, and it wasn't necessarily my job to add parts to it. My job was to sell the car. Thirdly, with AT&T, the focus was new lines of service. We wanted you to add lines. We wanted you to add your kids, your grandkids, your babies. Everybody, everybody needed an iPhone or an Android. We wanted you to get home services. And we also wanted you to get accessories. And so not only did we want you to buy a phone, we wanted you to buy a case for that phone. We wanted you to buy a Bluetooth speaker. We were focused on you getting accessories for your devices. We wanted you to add plans to your home, which was AT&T U-verse. And we wanted you to get the TV and the internet and the home phone. And we wanted you to add lines. The focus, we didn't care so much if you upgraded or not. You were a line of service and you were you were paying for your service. We wanted more service. But what was interesting is never, 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 never did we look at that and say, you know what? How many people walked in the store today? Did we hit our goal of attendance? It was always what we accomplished while they were there. And it was different everywhere I went. So it wasn't so much of, hey, do you know what? Our goal today is to get 500 people 
in the store. Because if you have 500 people in the store and they don't do anything, you have not accomplished anything. If I didn't get those customers to get reserves or subscriptions or UPTs at GameStop, I failed. If I didn't sell cars at Toyota, it didn't matter how many people walked on the lot. They could think that Camry was the most beautiful car they've ever seen, but if they didn't buy it, I failed. At AT AT&T, if they didn't add lines of service or they didn't get the internet at home or they didn't get accessories for their phones, I failed. The goal was never just attendance. It's what we accomplished while they were there. So your success is going to be entirely dependent on your vision and purpose. Remember, the definition is the accomplish of an aim or a purpose. So your success will be your vision and your purpose. It will be different than the church that you were learning from, that you're growing from. It'll be different than the church across the street. And the reality is it will be different between each ministry within your church. Here's the example. If you are a student pastor or you're a youth pastor and you have high school students, one of your goals may be, you know what? We want our students to disciple other students. Well, that's not going to happen in the nursery. (laughs) You're not going to get a little two-year-old Johnny to do a Bible study with a little two-year-old Susie. That's not a goal that's going to take place in the nursery. So even though you are a part of the same church, within your ministry and within your context, you have to come down to a specific vision, a specific purpose, and a specific goal that you are trying to accomplish. And it will be different no matter, depending on where you are and what your context is and what your history is. And so we kind of want to talk about that. So what exactly is your purpose? How can you track it? And ultimately, how can you accomplish it? So I've got a few little ideas that I want to rally behind and uh, we'll talk about them. So number one, you need to know your context. You need to have an understanding of your community to set a proper goal. If not, you will be disappointed. If you don't have proper expectation, unmet expectation will bring frustration to you. All right, so here's here's some points. You can't run a ministry of a thousand people in a town of five hundred. If your community doesn't afford the ability to have a mega church, you're not going to have one. And so if you are in a town and you're dreaming big and you're holding on to the promise in Ephesians 3.20, he can do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we could ask or imagine. And Lord, if I can dream it, God, you can do it. And listen, I am all for big dreams. I am all for dreaming for what could be the future. But we also have to understand the reality. We have to take a look at what's happening. And so you want to get more specific in youth ministries. Youth ministries are on average 10% of their church attendance. And so if you're a church of a hundred and you have 10 people in your youth group, you're average. That's that's the standard. That's what's to be expected. If you're a church of 200, you should have 20. If you're a church of 300, you should have 30. That is the average across the board. Now, if you're in a church of 100 people and you have 25 kids in your youth group, that's incredible. That is something to celebrate because you are above the average. You understand what the context is. You understand what the situation is, and you're exceeding that, and you should celebrate that. And so another thing to think about in knowing your context is you need to be realistic about your church, your community, and your area. So here's some questions. How long has your church been there? Do you guys have a history? Is your church been in the community for 80 years? Has it been there for just a few years? You know, and that history, is it a good history? Is it a bad history? Are there some hurdles that you have to overcome because of decisions people made 20 years ago? Or are you so new on the block that no one really knows who you are because everybody else in the community is established and they have things going? Are there other churches in your community? Are you the only one? You know, we have to, we have to understand the context of our area. And so, 
when you make room for that and you make room to navigate these circumstances, you can adjust your expectations accordingly. And so here's the reality. If you're in a church of that's that's been there for 75 years, that history doesn't change overnight. That history does not change within a couple of months, and it's not going to change in a year or two. You have to shift long tenure, long established culture. It shifts and it moves slowly, so you have to stick with it and trust the process. So what's happening in your community? Are there other churches? Or are you the only one? How long have those churches been there? What is their history? And here's the deal. We don't change history because we want to. We change the present and the future by changing the culture and casting vision now. And then lastly, what is the ministry that you're responsible for? What are you doing to help keep a laser-focused vision on your purpose? So it's it goes beyond just your ministry and just your church into your community. And what else is happening? You know, for me, I go back to an example. Uh, we were serving in Brookhaven, and every year we'd have a trunk or treat. And we loved it. It was great for the community. But our church wasn't the only church to have a trunk or treat. Our church uh, considered doing something in the summer for kids like a VBS. But the reality was there was a lot of other churches that were doing vacation Bible schools. And so had we tried to say, you know what, we're going to have the best VBS in Brookhaven, Mississippi, we would have had unrealistic expectations expectations because one, we weren't doing it Two, many other churches were already established in doing it and doing it well. So we would have set ourselves up for success because we wouldn't have properly defined what could be. And so that's, that's what it is. Your goal shouldn't just focus on, on who's in the room, but how you can make the ones who are there better. So it's not just what can we do to continue just to reach out, reach out, and do and change in this community, but taking a look at what you have now, what's in your hand now, and how can you make that better. Man, it's so easy to get caught in a comparison trap. It's so easy to focus on numbers and, and thinking about who's not in the room and how do we get the people not in the room in the room that we miss the people that are there and what we can do to make them better. Your goals shouldn't just focus on who isn't in the room, but how you can make the ones who are there better. So those are just some thoughts around the first idea. Know your context. You have to understand your community to set proper goals. If not, you will be disappointed. Number two, you need to keep your purpose simple. If you can't explain it, how can you expect your team to be carried out? And not only that, people to step into it. If you can't properly and clearly and concisely explain your vision and your purpose, how can you expect your team to carry it out and for people to step into it? So the church that I serve at, the assembly, we are one church in three locations, and, and so we have Columbus, we have Starkville, and we have New Hope, and we all rally behind the same vision, experience, explore, expand. That's, that's, that's what we do. We experience God, we explore truth, and we expand our influence. And, and the purpose of that is we want everybody to experience God. Then We want them to have a real encounter that changes their life forever. We want them to explore truth. We want them to seek it out. We want them to own their faith. We want them to research it and study it and come to their own conclusion that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we believe that if you go searching for truth, honestly searching for truth, you will find Jesus at the end of that journey. And lastly, we believe in expanding your influence. We want you to take what God has done in your life and you share that with your friends, with your family, with your community, and watch what God does through you as you're faithful through that. And so for us, our purpose is simple. Experience, explore, 
expand, experience, explore, expand. And we say it and we say it often. And that's the second thought under keeping your purpose simple. You have to say it, you have to say it, you have to say it, and you will get tired of saying it before your team starts to get it. Hear me when I say this, you will be tired and worn out of saying the same old thing before your team truly gets it in their spirit. But you have to keep casting vision. If it's simple, it's repeatable and everyone can do it. This doesn't need to be a science project where only, you know, the science majors can step in on the scene. Your vision and your purpose needs to be simple and repeatable, and then everyone can do it. If it's simple, it's repeatable, and everyone can do it. And when everyone is doing it, you are changing the culture around you. If it's simple, it's repeatable, and everyone can do it. Lastly, we have work hard and don't quit. So number one was this. It was know your context. You have to understand your community. Two was keep your purpose simple. And three, work hard, don't quit. It takes five years for a leader to establish enough influence to begin to make changes. Five years to establish enough influence to begin to make lasting, meaningful changes. So let's look at some stats. Youth pastors are on average leaving every two years if they're bivocational, every four if they're full-time. Children's pastors are around anywhere from 18 to 24 months, and lead pastors are there on average six years. So your youth pastors and your kids' pastors are leaving before they ever even have an opportunity at reaching their full level of influence and impact, and your lead pastors are on average leaving right after they get it. They, they have waited, they have done their time, they've done their tenure, they've reached that limit, and as soon as they have that area and, and that ability to use their influence wisely, then they're dipping out of the door. So here's what's happening. People are leaving before they ever get anywhere. You are leaving and changing before you're ever able to ever able to step into a spot to make a significant lasting change. I'm not talking about changing the name of a youth ministry. I'm not talking about doing little changes and paint on the wall. I'm talking about lasting culture change within your context. People are on average leaving way before they can ever get to the spot where they need to make those changes. So here's the thought. If it, it takes time for effective, influential change, legacies aren't born overnight. Dynasties aren't born overnight. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to work hard and you can't quit. But if it's good and it's worth it, it's worth working hard and staying long for. Don't quit. Don't give up because it is so, so vital for you and for me to dive in and accomplish the goal. The dreams that you have are too big to give up so easy. The dreams that you have are too important for us to back out before we can truly make a change in this world. So as you're thinking about it and as you're trying to define it and you're trying to look at what success looks like for you, understand you need to understand your arena. You need to understand your community. What's your context like, not only in your church and in your ministry, but in the community that you live? Set proper expectations because unmet expectations will lead to incredible frustrations. So know what it is you're looking for. Laser in on your on your success being your purpose. Laser in on that. Focus in on what are those things that bring purpose and value to your ministry. Don't get caught up on the numbers game. Don't get caught up just on how many people can we get in the room? It has to be more than that. What are you doing with the people there? Your goal shouldn't just focus on who isn't in the room, but how can you make the ones in the room better? Lastly, you need to work hard, work hard, work hard. Keep the vision simple, keep the purpose simple, and repeat, repeat, repeat. And 
at the end of the day, you will see success. It doesn't happen by chance, but it happens by a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. And here's what I know. You can do this. Whether you're full-time in church, whether you're full-time in corporate America, it doesn't matter to me. I know if you put your axe to the grind and you strive after it and you work hard, you will accomplish the goal. Define success today and then chase it. Again, my name is Matt Taylor. I'm the host of the NYC Leader Talks podcast and would love to stay connected with you. You can find us on Facebook at Matt to the Taylor, Instagram at the same handle, and we would love to keep the conversation going. Let us know what your success is looking like. How are you defining success in your life? And we'd love to keep this conversation going. But I'm truly believing the best days for your house are still ahead. Until next time, we'll talk to you then.